got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. We are back and finally have some Premiership Rugby to talk about and a Premiership Rugby win for Bath Rugby to beat. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined by Tom. Hi mate. And by Charlie. Hi Gabriel, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Good weekend? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, we were obviously playing some rugby uh, up on Lansdowne. We unfortunately came out on the wrong side of, res- of the result just by a, f- a sole point. Mm. So that was a bit disappointing. But uh, otherwise, had a, had a good weekend, managed to catch up on the rugby today. Um, how, did you, how, how did you find it, Tom? You were there, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I think it's the first premiership win that I've actually seen at the wreck this season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I came away very, very chipper from, from the wreck. Obviously, we managed to bag, um, bag all five points. Um, so, yeah. Good weekend, thanks, mate. Yeah, a local derby up at Lansdowne Hill against Stothert and Pitt. A uh, big rivalry <laughs> there. So, um, yeah, unfortunate to come out on the on the, on the the end of a one-point defeat, as you say. And you don't quite realise, uh, the professional players don't quite realise how lucky they are to, to have the score clearly displayed uh, at the ground. Uh, the referee in our game um, struggled to, to keep count on, on one or two occasions, which is yeah. pretty frustrating. Well, yeah, well, it's a... We lost by a point, but who knows? The referee didn't have a clue what the score was halfway through the game. We were ahead by five points, and then suddenly he revised the score, and we were down by about six. And then it, and it, I think he finally settled on 22-21 uh, to them uh, with about 20 minutes to go. And, you know, we, we probably uh, would have uh, we would have we'd taken some three points rather than uh, kicking for the corner. I didn't realise Chris Robshaw had uh, turned his hand to refereeing <laughs> matches down in the down in the southwest, boys. No, I think it's more a reflection of the standard of rugby that, that me and Charlie are playing at the moment, um, and, and therefore the standard of refereeing. But let's get into the, the the proper rugby at the weekend. And as you say, Charlie, Tom, you were at the recreation ground on Saturday afternoon, and, and a five point win for Bath. So surely coming away feeling pretty positive. Yeah, I, I definitely was, and I, I've seen quite a lot of reaction, um, you know, on social media. Um, and even by the coaches and, and players who came out after the game and said they were disappointed um, with some elements of, of the performance. And, and I'm sure we'll come on to that. But I think, first and foremost, this block of Premiership games, was, it was really important, as we've said so many times, um, to start accumulating these points, particularly um, against the weaker sides like mm. Newcastle. And, and, you know, to be able to do that, to come across with, with five points, for me, was the, was the big takeaway. We, we, we climbed... Um, two positions um, in the Gallagher Premiership. We're now sitting in sixth um, and only five points um, outside the top four. Mm. And just looking sort of down the table a little bit as well, we are starting to pull ahead of of the teams at the bottom there. Newcastle, um, of course, losing again and and only with 17 points. um, And Worcester um, on 22 points, so 11 um, points behind us in sixth. So I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable (laughs) um, about the fact that we won't be playing um, championship (laughs) rugby next season and actually we should be looking upwards and, and, and trying to sort of consolidate our place in the in the top six at least and maybe even in the top four. Yeah I think Tom on, on your point that you made initially um, about about the fact that the win was the important thing to kick off this block of fiction and I think there was going to be a danger of, of maybe a little bit of rustiness uh, in, in not just Bath but, but all of the teams and I think we saw that in, in a number of the other games. For example, I myself was at Ashton Gate on Friday night to, to watch Bristol Wasps and, and certainly both teams in the first half were a little bit rusty uh, and Saracens were a little bit rusty against Leicester in the first half of that game. And I think that was sort of a reflection of the break of games that we've had. And so with that in mind, to get the five points, which we have struggled to do on a number of occasions this season, I think that's so important. And, and the win was absolutely key, uh, Charlie. Is, is that how you, would you agree with that? Yes, yeah, certainly. We, we all spoke about it before the game. And we're saying that four point, um, uh, that four try bonus point is mm. what we're really after. I think Tommy almost got the <laughs> prediction uh, uh, on the nose. You said you said eight, uh, eighteen points, and it was seventeen on yeah. the day. So yeah, it was great, great to get that. I I did worry a bit in the second half that we weren't actually going to come away with it. And considering we scored three tries before half time. Uh, I did have a slight, slight air of worry about uh, uh, about leaving it until the seventy-second minute before Francois Lowe uh, went over from close range. So, uh, you know, yeah. but 
as as I say, the result at the end of the day is is, is what is what mattered. Well, sh- sh- should we come on to the the performance a little bit mm. then? Because I think in in these kind of games, and as you say, both teams were probably a little bit little bit rusty, having having had a break from the Premiership. I think there's always sort of an element um, when, when you win like that. If, was it because you were good, or or was it because um, Newcastle were weren't so good? To be honest, and I think while there were sort of elements, um, glimpses of of sort of good good play, I thought particularly. Um, in attack from Bath, I think Newcastle. I think let's be honest. I think Newcastle were a fairly blunt instrument, particularly in attack. I mean, mm. if you just just looking at some of the statistics, I mean, we made nearly twice the number of meters um, that they did, which obviously I know um, isn't always reflective of the game. But we also beat nearly twice as many defenders and made three times um, more clean breaks. Them, I think, sort of with the exception of of the Sonotti um, sort of break. Um, and, um, and and Freddie Burns-esque uh, drop over the line. Yeah, I, I think was... there wasn't really much um, going on in their, in their back division on Saturday. Yeah, completely. I was, I was just saying yeah. that, that that far end of the pitch is turning into a bit of a, of a graveyard for uh, unfinished tries. Yeah. Freddie Burns, Sonotti adds to the list. And, you know, please please tweet us at Bath Rugby Plug if you can think of any more uh, in recent memory. It'd be, we'd, we'd, we'd love to know. What, I mean... But just on that, quickly, what was that about? He, he kind of goes for, for a big extravagant dive. I, I kind of get the impression that he doesn't see Thok and Asiga in his periphery. And then as he does, he How kind do of... How do you not see him? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. As he kind of does see him, he he, balls, he almost goes up into a ball and, and allows Thok and Asiga to rip it off him. It's an absolutely bizarre sort of thing. And, you know, they could have come away with a losing bonus point if they'd if they'd um, got that try, which had been massive for them. So, you know, I think... What is he doing? It's a really nice know, break, but slide over, man, slide over. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of criminal, and yeah, they they need every point they can get. Mm. As you say, stuck in stuck down in twelfth, relegation looks imminent, and they yeah, as you say, Tom, they seem to be a bit of a shell of the team they were last season. Obviously, finishing in fourth, and uh, they yeah. they've they've got a tough road ahead of them. It doesn't get easy for them this weekend either. Yeah. They're going down to Sandy Park. Yeah, that's going to be that is going to be really really tough for them. And and you know, you say that that's a naughty try. Um, sort of would have got them within range of of getting a losing bonus point. I think the more frustrating thing from a Newcastle perspective would be straight after uh, after the halftime break. And I think it's frustrating from our perspective as well because it's it's sort of something that we've been um, unable to do on a number of occasions this season, and that is just shut the door. Um, you mm. know, we we're twenty points to six up um, at half time. You know, it's the old cliche: the next score is so important. Newcastle get that, and then they're camped on our line. Um, you know, have a number of penalties, a number of lineouts, and it takes a, a heroic um, uh, rip from the hundredth yeah. cap man, friend um, of the podcast, friend, friend of the man. podcast now, um, <laughs> whipped out his golf clubs and uh, <laughs> ripped the ball there, just just on the five meter line. And I think that was that was a crucial moment, and that must be so frustrating for for, for, for you know for Dean Richards and for the Newcastle players because if they'd scored then, it's, suddenly it's a level game, and uh, and then they've got some of the momentum, and and, and who knows. Um, it, it could have been a lot different, and, and we might not be sitting here so so mm. happy with five yeah. points. You mentioned Tom Dunn there, Tom, and and whilst that was a really key moment, uh, that strip, as you say, on the five meter line, yeah, the lineout was another area which uh, I thought we did really well in, um, and and the selection of Luke Charteris uh, uh, before the game perhaps slightly surprised me with with uh, England. You know, in, on the brink of England international Charlie Yules sitting on the bench, but I think it was the lineout in for the. It was for the lineup that they picked Charteris. His extra height, um, obviously key in that area. And when we spoke to Tom Dunn last week, he mentioned someone like Callum Green as a big threat in the lineout, uh, and how that was a big area for of target for Bath this weekend. And I think Charteris and Dunn uh, really, um, really hit the greens nicely yeah. and putted pretty swiftly as well. So um, <laughs> certainly, yeah. Well, I, I do think that Callum Green did make an impact at the lineout. You know, the, the stats actually read back a hundred percent success at the line out so that is you're completely right in mm. saying that Gabriel but when I was watching the game back sometimes I just thought that the lineouts were a bit messy it wasn't always a clean take off the top and I think that was mainly to do with with uh, their, their their disruption from Newcastle mm. so uh, yeah there was a couple of times we couldn't get it cleanly off the top which kind of stopped us being able to use that first phase ball effectively which is why I think Perhaps we, we we couldn't make the most of of sometimes our our, our very good field position uh, in that first half, and you know I think you know, Jamie Roberts, who's 
you know, so he makes such a big impact off that first phase ball when he can crash it up the middle and then set the uh, set mm. us you know to be able to spread it wide and and, and use you know the likes of Jaythok and Asiga, man of the match who had a fantastic performance. But uh, I, I I do think that credit has to go to Newcastle in that area. Yeah, mm. although the only time Callum Green was reading the line out quite well, you know that's probably the strongest part of his game. But and when Atwood and and, and Stuke were were sort of going up in the line out, it, it it was quite scrappy, as you say. But I think when Charteris goes up, he's just those you know two or three inches higher up in the line out, which means that even if Green sort of jumps um, jumps up next to him, um, Dunn's able to to pick him out, and he's and he's sort of out of range, and obviously Callum Green can't touch him in the air. So completely agree with you. I thought the Charteris selection was a was a really um, good move by by Todd Blackard and, uh, and and yeah, it paid off. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the tries now, guys, and 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 focus uh, on anyone in particular that you want to pick out, and and I'll get the ball rolling, and, and let's talk a bit about that second try we scored, uh, the Joe Thock and a Seager try. Um, you mentioned uh, what a good performance he had, Charlie, and 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 that was a real, real lovely bit of skill. We saw him earlier in the season against Harlequins. His awareness on the touchline, uh, in the corner there, to keep his feet in uh, and still, you know, have one eye on the well, two eyes on the ball. Um, take it and dot it over like he did was a really really nice piece of skill but but the whole try was brilliant set up on the other wing uh, by Semesa Rocco Laguni a really good break quick ball uh, from Chudley and then a lovely kick from Joseph really nice awareness there uh, so that was a brilliant try I really enjoyed that one guys yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, for such a big guy, uh, Joe Dokunasiga has got the lightest of feet. So uh, <laughs> was, he, yeah, it's, was it's, he? Was he man of the match? Dokunasiga. Yes. Yeah. I, I find that I find that incredible. <clears throat> you know, we, we were watching. Well, we were watching um, the game live, and he was on our wing, um, sort of for most of the first half, and he barely got the ball apart from his try in in, in that first half. Then Rocco Daguni went off um, at half time. Obviously, injured his knee. And they switched wingers, so so Thokunasiga was on on the right wing there, and he and he got a lot more ball and was able to to, to run much more with it in the second half. So um, he had a good second half, but um, I, I thought he he made he made sort of fairly minimal impact during that first half. To be honest, I don't know. I thought he he, he actually made some uh, you know, quite heavy carries through the middle. Actually, I thought he popped off his wing a few times. Uh, it's from watching the game back. I, I that's, that's what I that's what I saw. But you know, one man who I did think was very impressive actually was was Tom Homer in uh, in in the fifteen shirt, uh, and he was involved in that in that first try actually. Rocco Laguni just dotting it down in the corner, mm. but his uh, you know his his speed of hands to be able to get the ball out, um, lovely pass, he, yeah, it was lovely lovely uh, interplay there. And uh, I thought I thought he had a really good game again. He was he was he was uh, solid under under the high ball, no no errors really there. And uh, you know again he just just carries well. He's he is a bit of a he's he's a bit like a pinball in, in a pinball machine he, he bounces off players a lot I mean he, he beat a fair a fair few defenders I haven't got the stat exactly to hand but no I was really impressed with him well I can I can try and help fill you in there because I was actually going to mention mention Tom Homer so he beat 14 defenders 14 um, that's more than yeah. that's more well, than the entire no Newcastle way. team isn't it well which was only one fewer than the rest of the starting 15 put together the rest of the bar starting 15 really? who beat 15 wow. in total I thought he was I, I thought he had a great game indeed I thought the whole of the the, the sort of guys that played um, in the outside backs did Rory McConaughey um, when he came on, looked very, very assured, um, particularly sort of chasing those those high ball box kicks that that Chudley was putting up. But I just think on on Tom Homer, I don't think potentially he's been he's been given the credit credit he deserves. He, he as you say, he's a, he's a fantastic counter attacking runner. I mean, we've seen it this season. We also saw it last season um, with obviously his his what was voted actually as the try of the season against Gloucester when he got the ball um, sort of in his mm. own half and beat probably probably near to fourteen guys to. <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to, to get that try there, so um, for me, uh, you know, there, there were some comments made when the, when the team section came out about how um, McConaughey potentially would be yeah. preferred at fullback. For me, um, <laughs> I, I still think Tom Homer is a solid bet. What comments from you? No, not from to me. me. No, I'm fully I'm fully behind Tom Homer. I think I, he's a quality <laughs> operator at the back, and 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 Rory McConaughey's got he's got a long way to go, but he's still you know he's still relatively new to the game, and uh, I think Tom Homer has been overlooked. I, what are you talking about? I... <laughs> yeah, I think I think to be fair, I was definitely um, I was probably rather have seen McConaughey start at fifteen uh, against. Um, 
Newcastle at the weekend but then I've certainly been proven wrong on that and I think Tom Homer is almost becoming a sort of forgotten man in that back three he's not only uh, really good beating defenders as you exemplified there Tom but his consistency under the high ball is I think it still is second to none in the in the bar squad so you know he definitely still has a massive role to play and we've got so much depth in that position now you look at a guy like Darren Atkins who's kind of been on the periphery looking to break through and he can't really get a sniff Ali Bruce fit Cooper Vuna's fit Anthony Watson. so Anthony Watson's near fit so um, really looking like it's a, a strong position which we're going to need uh, next week looking ahead slightly to next week if, if Rocco Aguni isn't fit as you say he limped off Tom and if Dokkanasiga is retained by England then we'll need to start exploiting that depth yeah certainly um, so yeah but, uh, Tom Homer was uh, a man for me who really stood out and you know I, I I agree with you Tom he's perhaps un- unfortunate not to have received that man of the match awards uh, at the end of the day yeah, I think the other try that, that I was going to pick out was um, what was the third try by by Will Chudley. Obviously, that sustained pressure. We've seen um, the Bath front eight do it on a number of occasions, you know, um, that heavy pick-and-go carrying game, which obviously yielded the, the Francois Lowe try as well. But I think Chudley, Chudley's try, to me, really signified um, his commitment. Like, he always gives absolutely 100% in the carry when he's carrying against bigger men he's always the one who's chasing like chasing his kicks the hardest you know he box kicked long um, to Hammersley um, on one occasion and he was the first man up and the only man up um, sort of sort of chasing that kick so um, I thought his his effort um, has been absolutely outstanding and I can see why um, sort of the coaches and the players um, see him as see him as a bit of a leader actually yeah uh, I, I was actually impressed by Chudley as well I thought that the way he was he was passing the ball um, he, he was almost putting a, a miss pass in straight from straight from the rucks. I, I, I noticed it today, really for the, for the first time uh, properly. That he was he was really spreading that point of attack and making the defence work really hard. You know, rather than just going in that one out first mm. phase ball, we were able to almost run a decoy line off that first man and uh, and, and and truck it up slightly wider, and that makes the defence work so much harder to get around the corner. Mm. And if we can get the quick ball that, that these fours are, are, are providing for us, uh, it does look really dangerous at moments, and that's where you know, we really start to build momentum before making the real you know killer blow up up one of the wings. Yeah. Tom, I'll ask you a, a question now, uh, and, and you made a, a prediction on this very podcast that, that Elliot Stuke would start at six against Bristol at the Clash, started at six against Newcastle at the weekend due to probably a lack of other options, I would say. What did you make of uh, Stuckey's performance? I think, he had, I think he had a good game. I think he has fully appreciated the fact that um, his role at six is very different to his role when he's in the when he's in the engine room. I think he spent most of his mo- most of the eight minutes in the, the wing. in the outside channels, <laughs> sort of ca- carrying yeah. it in and throwing uh, long passes out to the wingers. And uh, yeah, I-, I thought he looked dangerous. And he's obviously um, a very skillful player. We saw that um, twenty meter pass um, in the rain. I think it was against against Quinns earlier in the season. And he is he is you know he's a, clearly a very all round sort of well rounded player. I think. The only point I'd make is, and it comes on to sort of one of the negatives I was gonna I was gonna make um, about about the performance in general. I'm happy for us to show the ambition that we showed against Newcastle. Try and um, run it from deep. Try and have our forwards um, offloading and uh, on the gain line and, and and sort of and sort of you know beating defenders as as they've done. But I think we're in danger potentially at times of forgetting what the primary role um, of of the big lads is. And <laughs> there were a number of times when there were no guys clearing out the rucks at the breakdown. We got held up um, in the tackle and and uh, in a mall and uh, and the ball was turned over. So I think it's important that um, these guys really nail down um, nail down the ruck nail down the mall mm. um, and do their primary jobs and then um, we can see these sort of flourishes um, flourishes that there are I think the other point I'd make about Elliot Stuke at six and I'm, I'm starting to, to maybe feel like he, he isn't the, the long term answer I think we do lose some of our edge at the breakdown um, compared to when we have Underhill or or Bayliss or even someone like Matt Garvey yes, um, mm. in the back row, Elliot Stooks not not um, doesn't really jackal. And so what you end up with is a situation when Francois Lowe is doing all the work in defence at the breakdown. Obviously, Zach Mercer um, isn't really a jackaler either. So um, mm. I think potentially at times Newcastle had the edge at the breakdown. I think that probably wouldn't have been the case um, if we'd had a flanker um, playing at six. But um, Overall, uh, yeah. good effort from Elliot Stoke, but maybe not uh, his long-term position. 
Oh, you come round to it. That's, that's your is that your accountable prediction? <laughs> well, no, the I, st- I, st- I still think he might. I still think he might start in the clash. I mean, well, I'm guessing yeah, he might. He's, 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 he's certainly got potential to pack down as a six, and I think it's, it's a valuable option to have. But I don't think that's going to be a long term move for him. Uh, but yeah, he, he was he is enjoying himself out out on the touchlines. I did uh, I did I did yeah. spot whilst watching the game, uh, and he, he certainly likes to get his hands on the ball in those in those slightly more open areas. But uh, yeah, how much we, is he enjoying it as well? Like yeah. on social media, know, just him love, him, he's loving the fact that he's got six on his <laughs> Hashtag back. Hashtag number six, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, he certainly is um, enjoying the extra freedom that that playing in the back row uh, provides him. And I think another good performance uh, from Stuky, like you say, Tom. Uh, who else, uh, Charlie? That who would you you like to to pick out uh, from the game from the um, win oh, who else could I pick out I've picked out basically all the back three so I can't really go because they did impress me a lot but uh, you know Tom Dunn you, you, you've got to you, you've got to tip the hat out uh, to him we've already mentioned him earlier on in the pods uh, he's he, he just looks so solid and I just think that front row is just so valuable mm, yeah. to us I've I've actually got here a little go. a, a little statistic for you here, um, which I thought I thought was really interesting that I I, I discovered this morning that in in the Premiership, that front row of uh, of Cat Dunn and Thomas is the when that front row has been starting, those are the only times that we have won games. So basically, all six of the games that we've won in the Premiership this uh-huh. season has had those three starting them. It just proves how valuable those those three are to us. Yeah, um, just how valuable that consistency is. Like, mm. when you said that to me, I was, I was quite surprised. And I think it's really been good that, especially the two props have been, have had a lot of injuries in the past. And it's been really nice to see them get a run of games together and build uh, a really formidable sort of, not partnership, combo between them, trio trio perfect word uh them and done i think it's been a real uh cornerstone of our pack and of our team and allowed us to build and i think the set piece again this week was was really strong and with benno to come back hopefully soon into that one shirt to to add more competition onto nathan carrie who's having a fantastic season i think um yeah it's a really er- good area of strength for bath yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because mm. i do think it is valuable when you do have a trio as a front row that they work as a unit um mm. i think You'll all remember back to the Lions tour in 2017. Um, Warren Gatland decided to, you know, almost from the start, set his three yeah. his, his, his kind of three units of, of, of front row, and he'd be rotating them in and out, and it often, you know, ring all of the changes at, at the same time, and just just bring on a completely fresh, uh, fresh uh, set of heels. So, and, and it's something it's something that Eddie Jones is doing with England at the moment as well. So yeah. he's sort of got those three um, pairs of of props that he that he rotates in and out and that they sort of move together as it were. And I, I, th- I think it's a really good point. And I think just while we're, while we're talking about, about Tom Dunn, so obviously a really proud moment for him. Um, and I know his mum Kay um, listens to the podcast and we did, we did give her a shout out last week, but I saw a very, very nice tweet um, from her sort of prior to the game, obviously just saying how proud she was um, of Tom for, for getting to the, the hundred appearances. And, and one thing she picked up was just his, his dedication. He is really worked obviously starting as a loose head prop um you know to be the player he is at hooker and i think just just exemplified by his performance as well mm. um you know 57 minutes 10 tackles he was he was the third top tackler nine carries and and you know two turnovers one of which we you know nice. we mentioned was absolutely crucial Key he, moment in the game he, he absolutely puts his body on the line every time you know dislocated thumb whatever he just he just carries on and um mm. he's an absolutely fantastic player to have and i hope he i hope he gets gets another 100 appearances and and another 100 because uh he he he's the sort of player that you can you can build like you say not just the foundation of a team on but the foundation of a club he'll bring on the younger guys and um yeah hope he hope he stays a, stays in blue black and white for for many years to come yeah, completely agree with that. And if, if you are wondering why all the love for, for Tom done, then, and if you haven't checked out last week's pod, then please do download that. And that will probably explain a couple of the jokes and probably the loving for, for Dunny this week. But he was outstanding, as you say, Tom. Uh, you touched on it earlier, maybe a, a couple of negative points. Is there any other sort of negatives that you would like to, uh, Charlie, that you would like to, to highlight? Uh, yeah, I... I should we, should we call it? Should we call it work ons, not well, negatives? Yeah, work on. We're, 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 we're in a positive frame yeah. of mind here. We're gonna we're gonna beat Saints. We're gonna beat Quins. We're gonna hammer Saris and Exeter. I, I work ons. <laughs> yeah, the work ons. Well, I I thought there's been some criticism this week on some social media for the game. Uh, anyway, I think it's it was it was touted as uh, the most boring game at the rec for for, for a long long time uh, <laughs> yeah. by some people. But um, uh, and yeah, there's there's certainly some truth in that. Do you agree, I did. Do you agree with I that? did 
Well, I did switch off a bit in the second half. I just thought it, it, it didn't really have it didn't really have that excitement about it, and the, the the standard of the rugby was a bit lower than I was expecting, especially from that backline. And I think it it could have perhaps been slightly to do with both <laughs> both tens not entirely turning up on the day and having a, a, a slightly looser game than expected. I, I thought that Reese Priest and some of his kicking out of hand was a bit suspect. Uh, a couple of kicks out on the full, he was charged down. A couple of times, some of his kicking off the tee wasn't in, entirely there. Um, you know, obviously, areas that, that that he would probably be disappointed with, but uh, I, I thought that did did have a slight impact on the game. And, and I, I think I think we couldn't entirely get that. Looking at the team sheet, the back line looked absolutely phenomenal, and I don't think we used it to its its its, its full potential. Nah. Yeah, I, I, I Andre thought- Pollard will get him. Get him clicking next year, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sorry, I, I agree. Tom. I agree. I thought we, we started poorly, sort of littered with errors. A number of forward passes. Um, I think you know, obviously trying to spread the ball wide, and I think there were f- sort of four or five um, forward passes during the game, and also that obviously ten minute period um, after half time, it, it felt like we were sort of still still in the changing room, and obviously nearly let 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 Newcastle Newcastle draw a level. So um, yeah, and I, I think I don't know what you thought, G, but I think just it's just lacking that killer instinct, that ability to win games just experiencing what it feels like to shut teams out of the game and I think better teams than Newcastle would have made us pay for for the opportunity that we gave them and I think better teams than Bath um, would have shut the game out probably in the first half or early on in the second half to be honest agreed yeah I I think there's definitely an element of that and and there was a really good period as as you say we started slightly slowly a really good period of 15 to 20 minutes uh, in the back end of the second half Um, and I think that's that's where we won the game that's where we scored three of our tries and and obviously almost put the well did put the game uh, to bed as it turned out and I think that we still haven't had and we've been crying out for it for all season, an 80-minute performance right the way through, where we just don't give them, a, a, we just don't give teams a sniff, especially at home. We shouldn't be allowing Newcastle even a chance mm. back into that game. And as you say, I think I do agree with you. A better side than Newcastle probably would have put us under a bit more pressure. And although the scoreline does look really comfortable in the end, 30 points to 13. Um, I don't think that that really exemplified how tight it could have been yeah. in the second yeah, half, completely. especially and just before that done rip, as yeah. we've mentioned, being a key moment. And I think one of the one of the one of the turning points in that second half, we, we were starting to become quite ponderous, um, quite static in that second half. And I think Max Green um, mm. came on and really injected some pace, um, you know, into the breakdown. Um, Newcastle probably weren't. Um, you know, Dean Richards mentioned that they weren't fit last week, and I think they did struggle with with the pace um, that that Max Green brought. And it's, it's something I mentioned previously. I really like the combination of of Will Chudley starting with sort of the calm head, the experience that that he has. His box kicking game, I thought, was was really good at the weekend. Like the depth of his box kicking, allowing McConaughey to compete in the air, allowing um, Rocco to compete in the air, who arguably got away with a, a one one uh, collision in the air early on, which which probably probably could have been um, a yellow card and and then Max Green coming on um, in the second half and injecting that pace and, and ultimately I think that's that's the reason that we we're able to get that all-important bonus point try. Yep, another good performance from from both of our scrum halves. Final thoughts on on this game then guys, anything else you, you want to add? One last thing I'll add is that I don't think Simon Hammersley is going to be uh, in, enjoying images of Dave Atwood running towards him uh, uh, anytime soon. I thought they were going to need a body bag on the touchline uh, <laughs> after that collision. He looked he looked in a bad way, but yeah, and he also <laughs> about, just before half time as well. Cock and Seager have been wanting to get his hands on the ball all half, and he got the ball about you know about half an hour in and absolutely flew over the top of him. <laughs> Fair play, he's only you know that was right by us and Hammersley's. Um, you know, most of these rugby players you actually meet in person, and then they're much bigger than they actually look on on TV. Hammersley just looks like a, a, a sort of normal, normal sized man, and he he really um, has a big heart. Put his yeah, body on the line. Yeah. Knee, to be fair. Um, there, there was just other. We we haven't really um, really mentioned defence. Um, yeah, okay, a, yeah. A, at all. And I, I thought um, you, you know you mentioned Dave Atwood there, and I thought we were we were really impressive in defence. And I, I was reading an article um, on Somerset Live. Um, earlier today and I actually mentioned that sort of how our defence has improved sort of over time so sort of earlier on in the season we were sort of conceding an average of of about 25 points a game and then over the last five premiership Mm. matches we've conceded the fewest average points out of any team in the premiership so average of 14 points per game in those last five matches so I think 
the defensive line at the moment, as I've said in the past, it's really impressive. We were we were driving Newcastle back sort of when they're on our 22 to to sort of back on their halfway line and forcing them to to, to sort of kick it away. So um, defensive line, something defense is something that, that keeps improving. And uh, and I thought Atwood, Dunn, um, and, and company were very impressive in that department yet again. Yeah, comfortably, I think the tightest defense in the in the last five games. And and speaking of the last five games briefly we've been on a really good run of form in comparison to to every uh, other team in the premiership you look at the the sort of form table as it stands and over the last five games we're second in the table for points for match points one uh, behind only harlequins so we've taken 16 points from our last five games harlequins have taken 19 points you know, and that puts us above obviously everyone else in the league uh, on 16 points. And as you say, 70, only 71 points conceded in those games. So I think we are on, on a really good run of form. It may not feel like it. You know, that, that loss to Worcester was a real kick in the teeth as it turns out. But compared to the other teams in the league with, with, teams taking points off each other all the time we saw Gloucester beating Exeter for example teams taking points off each other all the time in comparison with the rest of the league we are on a really nice run of form and, and defence is playing a key role in that Tom as you mentioned yeah I think uh, you know, since since kind of Christmas time we've really been on an upward trajectory and uh, I, I do feel that performances have got tighter uh, the, the you know we've got some players back which has certainly contributed to that uh, and yeah, this this next block, as, as we've already highlighted, is going to be seriously important. You know, I will get onto it later. But that 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 mm. this match against uh, Northampton, considering the result of the weekend, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it's an absolute humdinger. Finally, Tom, I, I know that you want to have a, a couple of comments, perhaps about the the pace of the game and, yeah. and the watching experience at the rack. Yeah. So. Um... You know, I don't like I don't like to moan about 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 the rugby much, but um, I, it's something we've spoken about on on previous podcasts, and and I think it was really noticeable um, watching the game live. And I, I'd be interested to hear you guys' thoughts about about what it was like watching it on TV. But it's just about the pace of the game and the number of stoppages um, in the game. And I, I really do think that something needs to be done about it. So I was actually counting because you know all the water boys are sort of. Um, lined up on the touchdown, ready to come on, and, and just after three minutes, we had a first stoppage. The, the guys are running onto the field, giving the players water. You know, these are seriously fit guys. You know, you guys turn out every week, and <laughs> I know you guys said to me, you only get water when there's a try and and and, and at half time, isn't it? Yeah. And, and these guys are seriously um, fit in, in most cases. Uh, mentioning no names, Davy Wilson, and um, <laughs> these guys are coming on the whole time. Guys are guys are sort of taking a knee and sort of getting seen to you by medics. And I know it's a very physical game and I know there obviously will be, um, and there are a lot, a lot of injuries. Injury rates very high um, given the physicality of the game. But I, I just think that um, it's being milked a little bit and just as a spectacle, it really does detract from it because you lose momentum, you lose sort of, mm. lots of people at, at the rep were sort of losing interest in the game and and sort of shouting at, at JP Doyle to sort of get the game moving. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you boys thought about that sort of, sort of having watched it on TV, but for yeah. me it was, it, yeah. it, it made, it made sort of, it really did detract from the spectacle. I, I, I watched it back uh, early this morning actually. And uh, I had the, had, had the fortune of, having it on, on on the tv and it not being live so i was able to skip forward some of those stoppage <laughs> periods and I, I i did it a handful of times and it, it was getting quite frustrating it, it, I, I did feel that the pace of the game was rather slow uh on the refereeing front so yeah that's mm. certainly there it needs to be worked on but you know obviously player welfare does come you know, very high yeah. up the priority list but you know there does there's definitely room for improvement yeah, I think player welfare with with the injured players, but you do feel at times that that some of the props, especially, are, are slightly milking an injury to give themselves a breather, and then and then you know a medic comes on to see them, and and five guys run on in in high vis. It's it's like we're back in bloody Toulouse, Charlie. All these guys with high vis jackets running on and and giving these guys water. No tear gas, just, though. Yeah, luckily. no tear gas. Luckily, but that might get them moving a bit quicker. And I think I think the onus is on the referee. You know, it's it's his field. He must be in control. And if he doesn't want these guys on the pitch, just get them off the pitch. Find the medic. That's fine. But the water guys, just slow it down tenfold. So, yeah, extremely frustrating. And it must have been even more frustrating yeah. to, to I, be I think I think that's one element of it, isn't it? And I think the ref, it is within the, the referee's power to say, no, you're not coming on. You're not mm. sort of giving water. We're getting the game moving. But I think sort of the other 
um, the the other sort of element to it is in between set piece. So um, you know, set piece resets and, and and before scrums and lineups as well. Players are very very slow at getting into position, and and you know, no one's coming onto the field. But Newcastle, for example, were were huddling sort of twenty yards away from from where the lineup was set. Obviously, making their lineup calls and then walking very ponderously, very slowly to the line out and, and the clock's not stopped during this time mm. um, and, and it's the exact same thing with scrums and, and you know the referee as we've, as we've mentioned in the past will sometimes stop the game for a scrum if it's near the end of the game or he sees it to be um, to be a time sensitive moment of the game and other times we'll just let the clock run yeah. and there was times during the first half where six, seven minutes were spent sort of with Davy Wilson and, and, and Henry Thomas picking mud out of their boots and, and sort of packing down for, for the next scrum so for me I think that there can be, you know, something needs to be done, sort of, but by the lawmakers with this. I don't know what it should be. I don't know what you boys think, but something like a sort of arbitrary um, time limit, like they have with with conversions and penalties. After which, you know, teams should be starting to get free kicked if if if, if the ball's not been not been sort of thrown into the lineup or put in the scrum and, yeah. and the game restarted. I I, I I do agree with you, Tom. There does need to be something done, but I will caveat by saying. Uh, those of you who watched the Gloucester Exeter game at the weekend, there was a there, there was a free kick given uh, against uh, I, I believe it I believe it was Exeter, but there was a, it was a, there was a free kick given against them because they took too long to get to the line out uh, after taking a penalty, which they kicked down the field. So mm. there, there there is an example yeah. of 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 that you know, of that ruling being brought into play, yeah. and I think it's 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 the referees. It's referee's job, and it's it, that's that's at their disposal to, yeah. to use how, how they how they wish. And obviously, JP Doyle at the weekend was was happy with the pace of the game, but that's it's it, that's that's unfortunately down to the uh, individual referees. Yeah, I do feel like there's there's maybe more of an emphasis on it when when it's a TV game as well. Like we saw with with the game we're, we're talking about against Newcastle, but also the game against Worcester, where there was that you know fiasco at the end with the clock and everything. And and I just don't think that really happens when it's on television. Like there wasn't much made of that in, in the wider media because it wasn't on BT Sport. Um, and I think when referees uh, aren't know they're not on telly, I think there is less of an onus to to keep the pace to keep the pace really high. And it, it it's so frustrating watching a game. And on run all the water boys. I mean, it is nice to see Stuart Hooper uh, in action again, but um, I don't <laughs> want to see him that often. <laughs> um, anyway, boys, I think that just about uh, wraps it up for, for for the review of the Bath's win against Newcastle. Just quickly talking about another Bath victory from the weekend, and that was the uh, Bath under 18s. Now, last week we uh, we said of their win against London Irish, a 19-7 win against London Irish. It was. Um, however, we we failed to to realise at the time that that by not getting four tries and by not getting that bonus point, Bath failed to top the the South Conference of the under-18s. They slid into second place, which meant they went to finals day to play in the third and fourth playoff against against Wasps um, and and came back with an astonishing victory for Bath. So we won it 52-48, coming back from 19 points down at half-time, guys. 100-point thriller. Yeah, 100-point thriller. At Allianz, it was. Um, Leicester eventually won the, the first and second playoff against Gloucester, I believe it was. Um, but yeah, brilliant win for Bath and a brilliant comeback. And, and caps off, you know, third caps off a, a really good season considering there's six guys in the, the development squad. So uh, brilliant by the under-18s again. Yeah, congratulations to all those boys involved, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing them uh, progressing up uh, through uh, through the club. Yeah, a few of them potentially next season in, in a Bath United or even yeah. even Bath uh, first fifteen shirt. And it looks like um, Tom De Glanville is getting on well with with England, obviously uh, mm. being involved with, with with guys like Marcus Smith. So uh, very very exciting times with that. Yeah, well done to those guys. Uh, a really promising season, and and finally a bar team showing a bit of bottle and coming back and and winning at their death. Well, how often does that happen, fellas? Let's move on then, and uh, and let's talk a bit about next week's opposition, guys. Northampton Saints. God, what a performance that was at the oh, weekend. Gosh, I didn't I didn't see that coming. I'll be honest. So. Uh, uh... I would say if I'm a betting man, but I, I was a betting man at the weekend. <laughs> you are, and, you are a betting man. <laughs> uh, and I and I I put uh, I put a little bet on on sale to uh, to win uh, up at the gardens, and I was really surprised <laughs> by the final result when I came off when I came off the rugby field. It's close close to the most of your predictions on this podcast. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Steady on and. Um, yeah, well, I, I just, I just thought with with, with that international backline that Sale have got, and you know, that was basically full strength for them, and they, they, they weren't really missing any players. Um, 
it was just unbelievable to see the talent that those those young Northampton players had. You know, the, the, the likes of uh, you know Dingwall, Hutchinson really stood out. I thought mm. I thought they were the really really exciting players, and the, it, they, some of the tries they were scoring, they were, yeah. you know, running from their own half. They had no fear about playing, and it's, it's it's a Premiership match. I know, obviously, when you when you get you know, 30, 40 points up, you can play the ball a bit more. But I, I, I was seriously, seriously impressed. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Charlie. And I think Chris Boyd's um, come in and obviously really shown trust in these young guys. And, and they're really um, talented attacking players. And I was just having a look at some of their their recent their recent results. Um, and in the last four games, do you want to have, have a guess, lads, how many points they've scored in aggregate over the last four games? Well, uh, in, well, in, 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 in all total, com- In all competitions. So not, <laughs> not, not points difference? No, so all the points they have scored in aggregate over the last... Last four games. Have a guess. Does that include the hundred point win that they had? <laughs> it does include the home okay, game against Timosaurus Harris. Let's go for three hundred and fifty points. Right. Well, you just you just that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, you just in four <laughs> games. In four games. That's an average of nearly ninety, Charlie. <laughs> anyway, I'll, but it's it's not three hundred and fifty, but it is it's two hundred and eighty four points. So yeah, they oh, put one hundred eleven points on on Timosaurus Harrison's forty seven on Leicester, fifty nine on Newcastle last week in the Premiership Rugby Cup, and then sixty seven mm. on Sale. And and you know they they clearly, as I say, got a license to play. These guys, I think George Furbank at fullback mm, is is yeah. an incredibly um, impressive player. And gee, I know you, you you're a big fan of the the young nine, um, Alex Mitchell. Uh, as well so yeah serious amount of talent um, for Northampton and, and you know they're a team that's relatively unaffected by Six Nations they only really lose um, Dan Bigger and, and, and Courtney Laws so um, yeah, yeah. I th- a very dangerous opposition for no, sure I think, I think the young guys is what I've been so impressed with I think you mentioned it Charlie last week when we were talking about Newcastle then previewing the Bath Newcastle game that about Saints demolition of them in the Premiership Rugby Cup semi-final and I was impressed with the number of the young guys that, that you guys have picked out Furbank Hutchinson Grayson who wasn't playing this weekend but has just won Premiership Cup breakthrough player of the year looks a real talent and as you say everyone's talking about Corbus Reinach and, and rightly so He's having he's having a fantastic season, but that Alex Mitchell at, at nine is a is a serious serious talent. So uh, yeah, a really good uh, looking Northampton team and and Chris Boyd. I think it it was perhaps lazy punditry at the start of the season to suggest that he was just going to come in and they play like um, the Hurricanes from from Super Rugby, which is based around a fast game offloading game. But but he seems to have really used the weeks that he's had to to develop this game and and they look really really exciting and they're going to be a real threat to us uh this weekend guys it's a, it's a massive game as well yeah i think if you'd if you'd asked me you before having seen that result of the weekend i probably would have put their, <laughs> their 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 thrashings um over the past couple of weeks um just 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 down to weaker oppositions i guess and uh and you know, competitions like the premiership cup that aren't as important um so uh, mm. if you'd asked me before, I think I think Bath would have I would have put my money on Bath, but it's it's really really thrown a spanner in the works for my thought process. So yeah. uh, as you say, Charlie, like, it's all very well playing this sort of game in, in the Premiership Cup and in in the Challenge Cup against Timosaurus Saracens, but to do it in a really key game against Sale at home, like they did. I mean, you did mention that it is easier to throw the ball around when you're already fifty points up, but, yeah, but you've got still to get might- fifty points up, don't you? You're exactly right, and it's mightily impressive, and and I think they're going to be really dangerous. Uh, uh, this weekend, fellas. Um, let's look a bit at the Bath team now. And, 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 and two guys have been called up to the England squad. We're not sure yet if they'll be retained. That's Charlie Yours and, and Joe Thokonasiga. Um, provided, say, both of them are retained, are we still going to have enough strength and depth on the wing, Charlie? Yeah, the, the wing is going to be a tricky one uh, because uh, Rocco Aguni were taken off at half time. We're not 100% sure where they. He will be fit or not. Uh, so fingers crossed he is, other, uh, because then I think we, 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 should, we should be all right. Um, uh, with the likes of uh, Rory McConaughey, uh, we've still got Alad Brew. Tom Homer's obviously going to uh, fill that 15 shirt, I, I suppose. Um, so if we've got Rocco Daguni there, I don't think we'll miss out too much. Um, uh, but we've also got the likes of Alad, uh, Alad Brew still to come in. 
Darren Atkins is is is, is proven mm. proven he's he's more than capable at this level, uh, and he he just needs more of a shot really. So I I, I think. Uh, oh, sorry, I don't want to forget about Cooper Vuna. Yeah. Uh, he's also uh, got got got, got uh, a lot of praise on the podcast when he was when he was uh, involved in the team. Um, but I, I think we should we should be all right in that department. Uh, yeah. Second row is obviously an area of strength for us. We still got Atwood, Stook, and Charteris. Uh, if yours isn't available, um, so I don't think we need to worry in uh, in, in in that engine room. Yeah, I think, and 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 hopefully, Tom Josh Bayliss, sorry, uh, might be might be touch and go to come back this weekend. So if we do need to move Stuke into the engine room, then then that fills that void. Tom, how do you do? You think uh, Bath are going to keep it pretty similar to this week against Northampton in terms of their their team selection? Yeah, I, I think we will. I think Charlie, you you made the point earlier around the front row, and I think in general consistency and selection. Um, you know, is the way forward, and I, I don't really expect there to be to be many many changes. Obviously, allowing for allowing for injuries. I was just going to come on to to sort of how I think we we'll go about beating them. How I think mm. what strategy I think Tom Blackadder and 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 sort of the other coaches will will be targeting this week. And I think so. We mentioned that Dan Bigger. Um, you know, he, he actually limped off after after 20 minutes against Sale, but he is is so important, I, I think, for Northampton, particularly in marshalling their defence. So there are a couple of the, their players who are very dangerous attacking players, massive physical specimens, you know, RC Tuala, um, Takeli um, Nairavolo. But I think at times those guys can get out of position in defence and the defensive line can sort of become slightly disjointed. And I think someone with the experience... Um, of Dan Bigger is really important in, in making sure that those guys stay connected um, and that the defensive line sort of sort of holds holds strong. So I think without him, um, that presents a real opportunity for someone like Jonathan Joseph, mm. who who can you know is abs- you know is, is better than anyone at just seeing those small gaps and uh, and going through and, and putting people through them and going through them himself. I think that'll be a that'll be a really important area. I think out in that outside yeah. centre wing channel that that, that we'll, we'll look to exploit. Yeah, the two guys you mentioned there, Tom Arcee Tuala and, and the PNA Cruiser Takeli Naravoro. <laughs> I think I think both of them uh, will be deployed in the back three, and, and that will give us an opportunity to to slide kick through uh, like we did for the, the yeah. Thok and try, like Joseph did, and, and that is an area of Joseph's game which I don't think gets enough credit. He's a really intelligent kicker when he needs to be, and and with um, hope we'll have Big Joe but even if we don't we've got flyers like McConaughey Darren Atkins Ali Brew flying down there on the end of kicks like that from 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 Joseph or, or Burns or Priest and whoever's at 10 so that's an area I, I agree that um, we should look to, to exploit I, I, I for you know a, a selfish point of view would we quite like uh, Big Joe to be about um, mm. for the bath this weekend because I, I, I know they are they would be on opposite wings but uh, I think everyone wants to know what it would be like when uh, an immovable object meets an unstoppable force <laughs> when Joe Dogganasiga runs down uh, Naira Volo's channel. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, uh, what, what, if you if you were Todd Blackadder this week, Charlie, what would you what would you be saying to the boys as like this is this is the thing we really need to you know need need to focus on if we're going to beat Northampton Saints, who obviously will be um, you know on a massive high after that that victory against Sale. Uh, I think I, I, I say it a lot, but I think up front mm. we've got we, we've got the upper hand uh, to the vast majority of teams in the entire Premiership, and we've just highlighted that Northampton scored what, nine tries this weekend, and most of them came from about eighty meters out, and that, that that's not been their big boys running those in. Uh, so, <laughs> so it, I, I think that's definitely an area we can target. Uh, they they're not going to have laws. Um, Ribbons was also out this weekend, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what front five comes out for them, but I certainly think we've got the upper hand. And I've I've already mentioned, you know, every Premiership game we've won this season has has had a starting front three of Katz, Dunn, and Thomas. And yeah. I think that that those those three have got to be out there uh, if if we're going to make a real impact up front and dominate that set piece like mm. like we like we know we can do. Uh, and and I think. That that should really just uh, be, be 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 the turning point and uh, the yeah. you know, the winning the winning uh, recipe. I think I think you're spot on, and that was actually the other the other thing I was going to bring up. I think the other um, sort of thing I'd be looking at if I was if I, if I was Todd Blackadder and and, and Toby Booth um, etc. is is in that scrum time. Mm. Um, so um, I think as has been evidenced this week by um, you know the announcement that, that they're signing Owen Franks. Um, for next season, Northampton are a bit light. Maybe not light. Maybe that's the wrong word. But they are um, 
inexperienced on that yeah. tight head side. So um, Aaron, pa- Aaron Painter, um, only 20 years old, um, and, and uh, Paul Hill um, on the bench on that tight head side. And, and, and Painter's an interesting one because a lot of people uh, talk about how, how talented he is. And, and, you know, as I say, he is only 20 and, and he does look um, a good prospect. But you know, I was having a look and he's six foot four, which is very, very tall for for a tight head prop. So um, if I was Nathan Cat this week, I'd be uh, I'd be really looking at, at, at sort of, you know, turning him over a little bit, getting under that right shoulder um, of the taller man and, and trying to dominate that scrum time. I think that's an area that um, if we can obviously get the, the upper hand um, in there, then, you know, field position comes with that and ultimately hopefully we'll be able to convert that, that into points. So yeah, that, that's the other area for me where, um, you know, I, I really think we can we can gain the upper hand uh, on Saturday. Yes, set piece absolutely vital as it was when we turned them over in what was a very close game at the wreck earlier in the season. A wet day there, and I think we got the upper hand on the set piece on that occasion, and I hope to do so again at the weekend at Franklin's Gardens, boys. Let's just hope that uh, Stooks wearing the ten shirt then. Yeah, well, it was that day when he made that pass. Mm. So uh, from four to five to six to ten, let's hope that's what Stooky's on. Um, <laughs> right, boys. Let, let's nail our colours to the mast as you like to say Charlie uh, and let's make a prediction I'll come to you first Charlie Bath v Saints at Franklin's Gardens Saturday afternoon what's going to happen? Oh God, it's, uh, it's, it's almost too tough to call uh, but um, I guess I've just got to stay positive but <laughs> this, is, this, this, is, this is the Bath rugby plug after all um, let's go Bath by two uh, I, I don't think that we're going to be uh, I, I don't think we're going to be coming away with a bonus point um, for, 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 for four, four tries. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's me stuttering there. Uh, don't think we're going to be getting that bonus point for four tries, uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, going to be, it's going to be a tough contest. Tom? Yeah, I, I, I think we'll beat them. Um, I, I think you know, the, the areas we've highlighted, I think are clear areas um, where we can target them, I think missing um, Dan Bigger as, as as it's likely that they will be is a is a big loss for them, um, and and I'd expect our vastly more experienced um, backline in particular to to try and exploit the the wide open space in very much in the same way that um, England did um, against against France uh, as we mentioned last weekend. So um, I think we'll go to Franklin's Garden to get the win. Actually, I, I agree. I don't think it will be as comfortable as as against Newcastle. Um, but but I think it will be sort of in the region of, of something like nine points. Mm, very, very positive stuff, guys. And, and I'm going to keep that going. And as I say earlier, we are on a really good run of form here. Second in the form table as it stands behind Harlequins. So really building towards a really special end to the season. Um, and I think it's going to be a high scoring game at Franklin's Gardens. Two sides that backlines are, are starting to gel. Um, Bath's team on Saturday looked really, really strong. And, and if we can put out something similar, which, you know, I'd see no reason why we can't at this stage, um, then I think we've got a chance of, of beating them. And I'll go Bath by five to get the um, to get the four tries as well. I think it's going to be a ding-dong battle, both sides scoring a lot of points. Um, hopefully it'll be a nice day at the Gardens, some running rugby, and, uh, and we can really exploit some areas of weakness that, that they might have. Um, so that's it. Another, another clean another sweep. Another full so, house um, again. There we yeah, go. It, that's uh, no surprise to anyone. Um, that just about does it here uh, for this podcast. Um, thank you very, very much for listening again. Um, find us on social media at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And most importantly, please tell your mates. If there's a fellow Bath fan in your life... Um, then please do tell them about this podcast if they don't already know about it because we really want to carry on spreading the word. Um, hopefully many more interviews like we, had again, like we had last week with Tom Dunn to come and much more fun stuff to come on the podcast. Um, so yeah, really enjoying doing this and, and please spread the word. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Charlie. Cheers, guys. And thanks, Tom. Cheers, mate.